let's talk about uh, cognitive mechanics. Uh, this is uh, season 18, cognitive mechanics. We're discussing uh, cognitive orbit, right? And uh, so remember, traditionally we've been talking about cognitive axis, and cognitive axis is where you have cognitive functions and they turn on an axis with one another within the four sides of the mind. So basically, just to kind of use a, a small example, um, let's do like x, y, x, y, and then y, x, y, x, just to kind of signify functions here on this little whiteboard, etc. And uh, so cognitive axis is basically the hero function and the inferior function are together, and then the child and the parent are also together in an axis. However, when it comes to uh, cognitive uh, orbit, the hero function is attached directly to the nemesis function, the parent function is attached directly to the critic function, and the child function is directly attached to the, the trickster function, and the inferior function is attached directly to the demon function. And this basically provides um, a way for you know how information actually flows through the human brain. Now remember, you have four perception functions and you have four uh, decision-making functions. And I actually had a conversation with Buga about it earlier tonight. Uh, and I'm actually going to quote uh, something that I wrote inside of uh, our messenger chat. Um, that I had to that end. Uh, so I'm going to bring that up right now. So I'll read it to you guys. And this provides a little bit more background about kind of like understanding cognitive functions just a little bit. And I always appreciate Buga because she's always sending me messaging and uh, challenging things that I say on a regular basis. And it's great because, you know, she's TI Hero and it's really important to have that kind of person in your life because it guarantees or keeps my arguments sharp because otherwise if my TI parent can't stand up to scrutiny then what the hell am I even doing and then I have to like change you know what I'm saying uh, so but uh, further up this conversation as it's taking forever to load for some unadulterated reason that I can't explain so how I just close programs to actually give my machine physical resources to process things, that would be nice. Um, but uh, if you guys remember from the beginning of season 18, we talk about the uh, process, the, the system known as input, process, output, feedback, right? And uh, so basically, when you're thinking of judging functions, you gotta think of judging functions as the functions in the human brain, or the, the capacity in the human brain to uh, organize and process data or information, basically. It's just organizing and processing data, whereas perception functions are about gathering the data and also sharing the data, right? Gathering and sharing, right? Uh, so if you wanna look at it this way, from an input process output feedback standpoint, so input, uh, input basically uh, equals uh, perception functions uh, from that standpoint. And remember, you can apply input process output feedback at different levels when it comes to cognition on a, uh, on a regular basis. So process, when you're processing things, that is actually for decision making. Uh, so, for example, like, you know, a TI function or a TE function is, is following a process, basically. And then the output, uh, output in this case, 
in terms of, this is just basic information flow within cognitive functions. We're not attaching specific functions to these aspects of the system, although we have done that before. Okay, so like for example, we've done that, um, um, hold on, I, what, okay, Kleenex. That, that will help because I'm going to have to use this board a lot, uh, a lot, a lot. So, okay, to give myself some more space here to make it easier on you guys. All right, so import uh, Alice's uh, feedback. Okay, so now, um, so what I'm showing you is a, is a general way, and then I'm going to show you the other two ways that we had previously from uh, earlier in cognitive mechanics. So basically, um, when we first started, we had you know expert intuitions providing the input, right? Uh, and then the process is uh, you know the and it supports the introvert intuition, which then creates an output, which is extroverted sensing, which leads to the past, which is feedback, input process, output feedback. And then uh, we did something very different when it comes to the decision-making fun functions. We had extroverted thinking followed by TI processing, uh, followed by FE output, followed by FI um, feedback. However, okay, so when you're looking at this model right here, it's really important uh, to note. So, um, uh, so it's important to note. So. Input, process, output, feedback. Everything goes in that direction. Now, if you're looking at the individual functions, this is actually where they stack in terms of input, process, output, feedback. Very important. So I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna put like an I right here, and then uh, a P here, and then an O here, and then an F here, and then I, and then a P, and then an O, and then an F. Okay, great. Pretty simple, right? Well, the thing is, is that we're going to use the same model, but we're going to apply it in a different way. So what we're going to do is we're going to we're going to separate uh, perception versus decision making, also known as judging. Okay. So perception versus decision making. Looking at it this way, so the input is going to be perception for this model. And then the process is actually going to be judging. We're just going to be looking at J versus P, essentially, just J versus P. And uh, the output is going to be perception, judging, um, and then the output is uh, also perception, basically. And then the feedback is also judging, right? And this, and what, and what this does, what this does is that it shows you how uh, information flows in and out of the human brain. It also shows you how information flows in and out of the ego, and then in and out of other people's egos around a person. Now, if you really want to look at the layer or the level of just cognitive functions, you use this model if you want to be specific to functions. But if we're just comparing a J versus P, judging versus perception. Judging perception works this way when it comes to the input is perception, the process or processing that input is a judgment, basically. The output is a perception as a result of that judgment. And then the feedback, uh, like a response, is also a judgment, basically, right? And if you want to look at it even more, if you want to look at more uh, closely than that, 
this would be uh, process would be judging that is internal, right? Output would be perception that is external. Input um, uh, input uh, would be uh, perception that's internal, and feedback would be uh, external as well. So you can actually see, you know, just in terms of the introversion or the extroversion model, where it like really begins with the self and then it goes out elsewhere, right? So you're using an internal perception here with your J, with your P basically, and then you're using an internal judging decision here, and then you're using all of this piece to create, you know, an external perception of some kind that is going to be judged externally by other people. But I can argue introverted and extroversion for each one of these pieces. I'm just showing you what the primaries are, okay? This is just what the primaries are. Now, this is a little uh, confusing, uh, to, to say the least. Um, very complex, but again, these are not static. These are dynamics. If you really want to get down to statics, okay, you could use these bottom models here for input, output, uh, or input process, output feedback, sure. But again, if you're just looking at just J versus P, internal perception, external perception, internal judging, external judging, you can argue, you know, so perception is primarily input uh, and output, but process and feedback, that's judging, basically. However, there is an internal and an external component for both, although it is primary here, and then so this would be primary internal perception, but it could also have an external perception for the input. It could have that, but that's just, that's a secondary trait. So again, primary, secondary. So think of these as each one of these things that's its own little yin and yang, basically. This is a yin and yang, this is a yin and yang, this is a yin and yang, this is a yin and yang. These are yin and yangs, basically, the yin and yang model all the way across the board, right? So it's, uh, no, SI and NI are, are perception functions, Moody. They, they are not, uh, they're, yeah, they're, they're perception functions. Don't don't uh, see it that way. This is really hard because I am having a hard time presenting this in a rational way. I'm doing this is pure logic right here, and this is not really helping. So I'm gonna get a little bit closer to the camera. Uh, so hopefully that will help. But yeah, uh, in general, that's how this works. So when you're understanding cognitive orbit, it's important to know these systems so that you can actually utilize it in a way where it makes sense. But going back to what I said to Buga in the Facebook uh, Messenger chat, judging functions just organize and process data. And that's why mostly they're, they're involved in the process and the feedback, etc. Now, if we're just going to look at the functions in terms of input, uh, process, output, feedback, they follow this. If we're looking at individual functions, if we are assuming, like, in terms of, like, morals, like, the actual definitions thereof, but if we're just looking at perception versus judging within a human being, it actually f follows this more model from a fluid standpoint instead of these, because these are pretty static. This is more dynamic, which is more true of what a human being is, but this is a lot more static. But both of them apply, they're just at different layers. So if we're going to break it down to the level of just straight up cognitive functions, we're going to go here. But if you're going to look at combinations of cognitive functions, we're going to follow this model here, uh, which is like, you know, the J versus P. This is one of the areas where the MBTI is not incorrect about certain things. 
the my issue with the MBTI is is that while its definitions of J versus P is very good and actually accurate, the problem is is that they confuse people because you have an INFJ who has an NI hero perceiving function, and then you have an ENTP who has an any hero perceiving function. But for some reason, the INFJ is a J type instead of a P type, right? And the reason why is because you have an introverted function combined with the uh, with the uh, perception hero, right? Versus an external judging function that is combined with a perception hero, an internal perception hero. So what that means is is that when you start to combine cognitive functions for like decision making, and I'm going to be releasing an infographic that. Uh, so like recently on Cutting Edge with CSJ, I think it was like three months ago, I basically whiteboarded a, a grid similar to the type grid uh, that you could use to actually anticipate or at least it shows you how people's decisions are crafted in their mind using uh, cognitive combinations where cognitive functions actually combine with one another to create certain outcomes or certain outputs basically. And again, it follows the input process output feedback model on a consistent basis. Uh, but you know, if we're just going to look at just individual functions, they'll have these behaviors here. But uh, you know, but again, it's all very dynamic, very dynamic. And really, to get a full understanding of this, you have to kind of know calculus. And that's why I'm trying to basically take all this information and put them into like various abacus, abacuses, abaci, abacuses? I don't know the plural of abacus. I'm just going to assume abacuses, or maybe I don't assume and Google it because I have Google right here. Let's see, plural word for abacus. Let's see. Oh, what is it? Uh, ooh, abaci, or abacuses. Uh, apparently both are accepted. Um, okay, well this is according to uh, wordhippo.com and uh, I, I don't know. Oh, also the Merriam-Webster also says that abacai or abacuses work. Okay, so remember judging functions just organize and process data and perception functions gather and share data. Basically, so each you know judging functions has an input and an output, and perception functions have an input and output, which means you can actually literally reduce the human brain to binary. You can literally do it to I/O. You can reduce all of it uh, to I/O, and that basically means our brains are a computer, and we could literally, if we can uh, translate our souls into I/O. Uh, or input outputs or ones and zeros basically ones and zeros uh, that means we have the ability to transfer our souls into other constructs basically and basically uh, our souls are written of code basically and this this proves um, because of this uh, because literally our brains follow the system of input process output feedback that literally is an IO ones and zeros binary system that's what it is it is a binary system although it's systems upon systems upon systems which gives it a dynamic approach but eventually we will actually be able to reduce it to straight IO as a result we'll be able to know the source code of the soul and at that point we'll achieve immortality via technology 
uh, as mental eugenics and usher in a very perilous world of slavery uh, for mankind uh, because of everyone being controlled by my fear of death. I won't be one of those people. Uh, I maintain that death is a gift, but all you transhumanists out there can go enjoy your uh, enslaved form of immortality via technology, as it says in Revelation chapter 9, and they will seek death, but they cannot find it. Anyway, so so what is the second orbit? Um, so the second orbit um, going um, going in there. So... <clears throat> Yeah. So, uh, yeah, a straight-through cable, thanks. Um, uh, we're going to have to have Cat 9s for that, you know. These Cat 6s aren't going to be good enough, right? You know, many gigaquads of data, right? Who knows? Who knows? We'll, we'll see. Uh, anyway, so the second orbit. So introvert intuition. Oh, and speaking of which, I need to actually, like, read the definition, the, the updated definitions. So I'm going to read you guys the updated definitions of introvert intuition and expert intuition. So introvert intuition is willpower. It's also known as my choice, my future, my desire, my passion, my wishes, my goals, my result, my objective, my options, my choices. It's also the source of hope. It's a source of hope. Uh, NI users are all about hope, basically. Uh, they also can be uh, very... Um, Tenacious, tenacity uh, is what uh, is more attached to introvert intuition. And just to verify that, we're going to actually define tenacity right now, just to make sure that's accurate. Okay. Um, uh, retentiveness as of adhesiveness, property uh, of, by, of matter by which virtue things stick or adhere to others' stickiness stickiness the glue basically tenacity is the glue extremely persistent in adhering to or doing something stubborn or relentless uh yeah tenacity is definitely introverted intuition so uh so tenacity is, is super super important whereas like uh introverted sensing some people say some people think that introverted sensing is tenacious it's really not it's not tenacious the reason why is because it's very long-suffering, it's enduring, it puts up with things, it stands firm, it just it keeps going, and it's more of a form of perseverance, whereas introverted intuition is actually tenacity, okay, where it's just, it's relentless, it's dauntless, that's another aspect of it, uh, relentless and dauntless, uh, that is, um, um, it doesn't, it doesn't relent. Uh, an example of that is that uh, my my INTJ ex girlfriend who still emails me to this day, uh, she told me recently uh, how much she didn't ever want to uh, hurt me, etc. And um, this was just sent like just towards the end of this last month. Um, and uh, it, uh, I mean, it was it was kind of interesting uh, how that uh, how that went down. But this is an example of uh, tenacity. Um, so actually, you know, I'm, I'm actually going to do you folks the honor of reading it right here since it's, uh, let's see here, um, where would it be? I'm trying to figure out where it is. Okay. Okay. I think I found the specific email that came in. Uh, 
so um oops okay all right so she sent me this message for example after saying that she was done with me and door slammed me etc which she said like i think three times total over the last two years and this is a woman i went on one date with uh we never we never had any physical intimacy at all uh one date with and she's an i hero she's very tenacious right extremely tenacious and we're going to be using her as an example um you know from a cognitive orbit standpoint as to kind of how that manifested a little bit within her mind and show you basically okay where did this go you know pathways as as an intj woman etc so um so she says quote and this is uh this is on november 23rd and she'd asked me okay well don't don't share my emails etc and then she then like freaked out and got upset or something and then said that she was door slamming would never email me again but then she emailed me this again and this is the last email she sent me and she says quote i just wanted to say i hope uh you know i never meant to hurt you and i'm like really uh i never meant to do damage to you i never meant to make any of it worse by getting triggered even though i can be a snobby bitch i know you would have valued me more than anything i have recently met an entp that wants to be my life partner i'm not sure how i feel about it still but i just wanted you to know that's what she said uh and i haven't responded to these emails in a very very long time but i actually responded to this one it's the only one i responded with and i tell her you know uh she needs to be happy i gave her my blessing for going on to be with that entp even though like i i never uh i, I mean she can do whatever she wants and she doesn't need my blessing at all but given that i know how tenacious introvert intuition is introvert intuition once it knows it wants something it can't let go of something right and uh and the reason why i responded to her even though i haven't you know responded to her for like a very long time etc is that i mean i've i've had some recent epiphanies and i've just decided that it's important to me to like build bridges instead of burn bridges so those of you out there who are wondering like okay well why are you like even in contact with this person or whatever it's just like the reason why is because uh i'm trying to you know build bridges not burn bridges i know that some bridges need to be burned and a lot of you se users out there believe that but at the same time it's that us users also oftentimes don't give people an opportunity to change or even grow and i know people can change i know people can grow so it's important to build bridges instead of bridges so i've actually reached out to a lot of people recently that i've blocked i've also unblocked a bunch of people and had some conversations again with with some people from my past etc and for the most part it's been pretty good and it's been pretty healthy and haven't had it at all uh so but anyway this is an example of an ni hero's tenacity she uh just couldn't let go of me for 2 years now it looks like she's finally able to go to me because she hasn't emailed me since uh which is an example of okay great maybe she just needed that kind of closure for her ni to be able to stop being tenacious about me and start being tenacious about this entp that she has in her life which good for her and I, and i did tell her like hey you know you need to be happy so definitely be happy etc uh so she'll have that opportunity well why am i saying this it's because like 
the thing is, is that introvert intuition hero, it's so powerful is that once it actually allows itself to want something, it can't let go of that thing. It really can't. And, uh, and then uh, through cognitive orbit, that actually translates down to extrovert intuition. And, you know, where she says, where she talks about in her email about how she's being triggered, etc. that's extrovert intuition nemesis paranoia that's being activated because it's like, hey, I want you so much. I am so tenacious about you, etc. So I'm in order to protect my choice, in order to protect what I want, and you are what I want, I'm going to go out of my way to eliminate all of your choices and eliminate everybody else's choice. And she did, uh, She it's, it's so funny because I literally got to watch her do this amazing campaign against me because I, I broke up with her for not being honest with me. And I actually showed, uh, I actually said in my email, like, hey, you know, you're getting with this ENTP guy. So uh, what's really important about that is that, uh, um, yeah, burn the bridge and rebuild it better again. True that, Kaz, true that. <laughs> uh, yeah, and it's all about communicating boundaries. Absolutely, guys, absolutely. Um, but, uh, what I, what I told her is that, gosh, what, dang it, I missed my point. What I was going to say, cause I wanted to see what the chat was coming up. Um, but, uh, oh, I told her, I told her like, look, getting with this ENTP, hopefully you're getting closure. You're moving on from me. You should just focus on you. You should be happy. Stop concerning yourself with me, etc. Uh, and you know, and I'm like, the reason why we weren't together is because I found out you lied to me and you weren't being honest with me. And uh, we, I moved on from that. And I told you this is just not going to work. I can't trust you. And uh, and then she went on this huge campaign, uh, this tenacious campaign. She literally like messaged every single person or most people, probably the vast majority. Um, I think in those days it was like 2,500 followers on Instagram and literally spoke to all the followers. And she used through Cognitive Orbit her expert intuition, nemesis, paranoia, basically, because, you know, she wanted to stake ownership of me. She wanted to, she wanted to basically own, you know, I, I finally figured, found a man that I, that I want, so I, I choose him. And because I choose him, I'm going to eliminate the competition. Now, competition is like a really big deal for extroverted sensing inferior because extroverted sensing inferior is very afraid of other people taking its attention because, or the attention it's receiving because extroverted sensing inferior, in order for it to be able to handle itself uh, through you know, its cognitive orbit, etc. And we talked a lot about this uh, in last month that expert sensing it loves to receive attention. It loves to have attention, which means an INTJ woman thrives on attention and is hoping to get the attention from her man. So her being so tenacious with her introvert intuition hero is that when extroverted sensing through cognitive orbit is not receiving the attention it's looking for, it begins to have self-destructive behavior through introverted sensing demon, right? It has self-destructive behavior. And this could be drugs, it could be binging, it could be illicit sex, it could be one-night stands consistently, uh, who knows? But it's a, a form of self-disrespect uh, dis self towards one's own being, personality, or their, their body, their mind, or some kind of uh, self-poisoning, self-destructive behavior, right? 
But when you're looking at cognitive orbit from an introverted tuition hero to extroverted uh, nemesis point of view, it goes in a completely different direction. Because it's like, I've made my choice, he is my choice with my NI hero, I'm going to take away his choices. I'm going to make sure that Chase can't have any other girl within his social media so he can't replace me so easily so that he has no choice but to come back to me. And that is her expert intuition nemesis approach, being very paranoid that I wouldn't that I that I wouldn't want her tomorrow or wouldn't want her later. So she goes out of her way to speak to basically literally every person in my social landscape, basically introduce herself, tell them about how much of a horrible person I am to basically effectively scare them off so that uh, all of a sudden, like I wouldn't be able to get laid at all. And apparently the only source uh, that I could do that with would be her or something. And that I would have no choice but to give her my attention and go back to her or something like that. And that seemed to be her goal with, uh, and through sheer tenacity, absolute sheer tenacity, she literally just went, I mean, she even contacted members of my family. I mean, it got really scary. You know, it got really scary. Um, and she even contacted my sister, and my sister actually disowned me for a while, um, actually for a long time because of that. Uh, and the famous quote from my sister is, wow, Chase, you're just making yourself an ass on the internet. And I'm like, okay, I mean, you could believe what you want, but... My sister, she's an ESFJ or conflict type. She doesn't really believe anything I say because she is TE demon, no matter how correct I am. And she just honestly thinks I'm kind of an evil person because of how pragmatic I am and because of TI parent. So, you know, it is what it is. She likes to live in her own little bubble and uh, likes to have her head in the sand sometimes. But, I mean, a lot of ignorant ESFJs out there like to do that, and I can't blame them. But this is an example, uh, just a real-life example from my past as to how I've dealt with introvert intuition tenacity that leads to extrovert intuition uh, through cognitive orbit. Because remember, guys, cognitive orbit is when you have uh, a function in the ego and then its reverse function. Basically, if it's an introverted function in the ego, then the extroverted function in the unconscious is activated and it becomes like a back door to the ego or, uh, or the front door, basically, to the unconscious through that specific cognitive function. Um, not only was she going out of way of eliminating my choices and eliminating women that I could potentially choose, she was also eliminating choices that other women would have in trying to choose me, basically. And it's so funny because when her and I were actually in a relationship, my wife Railgun would show up in the live chat before we were even together, and she had this huge competition anxiety towards uh, towards Railgun uh, in the live chat, etc. And that that really in and she actually emailed talking about Railgun and how she saw Railgun's plans from the beginning, etc. And how Railgun might not be meeting my needs, etc. All these different uh, criticisms that she provided towards Railgun, and while while I would say that you know some criticisms that she did have of Railgun were were definitely accurate, a lot of them were not accurate, and still born out of that extrovert intuition, neme activated nemesis paranoia uh, that an INTJ would have via cognitive orbit essentially, and uh, it's just um, you know it's. It's terrible, you know, in that way. Um, and I, I, I understand what you're saying, Kevin. I, I get it. Uh, but, uh, you know, when I'm not, I'm not saying these things so that you folks can judge her. 
I'm saying these things so that you folks can understand her, basically, and also understand what a lot of NI heroes have to go through on a regular basis. Because Essie inferior jealousy, as well as, you know, Essie, I've noticed that he is very jealous, whereas NE is very envious, basically. So try to try to keep that in mind. Um, yeah, Essie is jealous. Um, so I'm actually going to update my notes just to, so I don't forget that. So uh, jealousy, and then going all the way up here, and then... Uh, and then the envy. Now we talked about uh, we talked about the definition of introvert intuition, which you know, and, and talked about tenacity. Let's talk about the definition of expert intuition. Expert intuition is potential energy. It is metaphysics. It is desirability. It is consequences. It's awareness of what other people want. It gives other people choices and options. It's always seeking desire. Uh, it's also the why. It's the effect. It's envy. It also comes hope. It's seeking hope. Uh, it wants hope. Uh, because extrovert intuition types can be very hopeless. And they lose hope easily. So they need an introvert intuition user in their life to be able to gather up more hope. They use their extrovert intuition function to gather hope and mine that hope out of an introvert intuitive. As much as like an extrovert thinker likes to mine truth out of a TI user's head. And that's why you always hear TE users say, hey, I want to pick your brain. Saying I want to pick your brain is literally a TE user talking to a TI user. Well, you know, an any user is seeking hope and trying to extract hope from an introverted intuitive. But in a cognitive, uh, but in a, a cognitive orbit standpoint, using um, my ex INTJ girlfriend, for example, uh, expert intuition. If you could see how you know she started with um, here, I'll just I'll just draw it out actually. Um, so um, you know we'll just have uh, we'll just have uh, her four sides of the mind um, in this uh, example here. Um, so we have N I T E F I S E and then um, oops kind of sucks when I'm not uh, paying attention to that and then we have uh, N E T I F E S I okay so from a cognitive orbit standpoint introvert intuition and then introvert intuition is directly linked down to extrovert intuition. So this is a cognitive orbit. Now remember, cognitive axis is NI connected to SE. And then if we're going to do another cognitive orbit, you can do the uh, extroverted sensing goes all the way down to introverted sensing. Okay. So uh, so this is um, so we'll we'll put this here. Um, so this is. Uh, this is Andy's mind. Okay. All right. So this is this is Andy's mind. Okay. So my, my ex-girlfriend. And uh, so basically, just, just to run this through this model uh, in this case, um, hopefully it's actually can it's very seeable. Uh, if it's not seeable, I'll move it up a little bit closer. Um, so, but uh, so yeah, intuition hero uh, wanted me. She went out of her way to eliminate my choices and the choices of others. So remember, it's aware of potential energy. So she was aware of other potential women that I would potentially want or I would potentially choose. She was also aware of other women who would choose me. 
and knowing that's important because I'm any hero and I like to be chosen by other women, basically. So she went out of her way to eliminate their choices by scaring them away from me and then also uh, eliminate my choices because then there's not very many women seeking me if she scared them off, basically. So it's a one-two punch based on her cognitive orbit. But what's motivating this? What's motivating this is that I broke up with her, which means her extroverted sensing is no longer getting that attention, so that no attention ends up being sent through cognitive access to introvert intuition. Oh crap, I'm not getting attention from anyone. want Chase's attention. I'm not getting his attention anymore. Oh crap. So because this access loop is no longer happening, there's no energy being sent between these two anymore, then she has no choice but to bend in on the self. Okay, And this is really, really key. This is really, really important. Remember, Martin Luther said that uh, uh, Martin, Martin Luther said that uh, sin nature is when the self bends in on the self, right? Well, cognitive orbit is very similar to that. Cognitive orbit is the self bending in on the self because she doesn't have any actual conscious external attention feeding what she wants, her NI. The attention is basically gone. My attention is gone from her. And I took it all away because I broke up with her, essentially. So then her tenacity is still there. I really want him. I really want him. But I'm not getting that attention. So then she defaults down to uh, NE uh, nemesis in an attempt to be able to get my attention back. So what she would do is that she would basically harm me. And all the while, because she wasn't getting an attention, this other orbit activated at the same exact time. It activated at the same time. And then she started doing introverted sensing self-destructive behavior, okay? So, um, so self-destructive, which is, uh, apparently I spelt it uh, self-destructive, destructive. No, uh, so self-destructive behavior. So, and uh, which basically means, you know, she wasn't able to let go of me. She uh, tried to alienate me from every single person that was following me on Instagram, all of my friends. Um, actually, um, she became friends with my former best friend, and I decided to not be friends with him uh, because I felt like he was using me. And then she ended up. Uh, Rumor has it moving in with him, but I don't know if that's necessarily true or not. But uh, and so she ended up, you know, hanging out with him, business partners, uh, etc. And uh, and I've since reached out to him and see if you know we could be like, hey, what's up or whatever. And he's reached out back, and there's an ongoing discussion there. But you know, who knows? Maybe we could be friends again or, or not. But at least you know we'll ha we'll walk away with an understanding and a gentleman's agreement to either leave each other alone or maybe make things better than they were before, you know, or maybe it's just like a, a full-on boundary set thing. Who knows? But regardless, um, you know, she had she went through this self-destructive behavior, and, you know, most people would, would say, that, okay, yeah, she kind of behaved like a stalker because she was, like, she was talking to your family, she was talking to your friends, she was talking to your entire uh, social network on every social network that you'd access to, making videos about you. And again, this is all over literally one date, and we never were intimate, but okay. And I found out she was lying to me, so then I broke up with her after the fact. But the uh, but the tenacity, you know, it was there, and she wasn't getting my attention anymore. It means it led to her self-destructive behavior. At the same time, 
that she just still wanted things and then it engaged her paranoia through cognitive orbit and then she went out of her way to destroy my choices and the choices of other women that could potentially be with me because that meant that she would have a future where it would be guaranteed that she wouldn't have uh, my attention anymore. But through cognitive orbit, her anti-hero knows that she has a chance. She has a chance to get my attention back again. So the only way that she will have a chance to have my attention, which is what she really wants, she would have to go out of her, her way to destroy my choices and the choices of other women so that there is a higher chance, thus the only option left, logically speaking, would be for me to give her my attention again, which is, you know, yeah, guys, this is really common. This is actually very common, okay? Many of you could argue that this is unhealthy, and I'm like, sure, with this hyperbolic, tenacious reaction on her part, sure, it's it, it, this is definitely an outlier, and she is an outlier on that. But, I mean, you know, she's also... She's also pretty brilliant, and brilliant people tend to go way overboard with things. I mean, I do. I, I, I go overboard with a whole bunch of stuff. But I'm just trying to make you guys aware of this phenomenon because smaller, less hyperbolic cognitive orbit approaches within the psyche actually happen on a day-to-day -day basis with everybody, you know. So so remember, NI tenacity, right? NI tenacity uh, versus... Um, you know, expert intuition, uh, uh, you know, creating choices, creating desire, etc. I mean, that's that's basically that's basically the difference um, as to how that that goes. So, if if an orbit is uh, activated, she loses attention. I'm saying that basically two. If you saw that model, two orbits were activating. The SISE orbit was activating and the uh, NINE orbit was activating because there wasn't any external information hitting her expert sensing. She was not getting that external need for my attention met. Uh, and then because of that, it literally broke the rest of the system. It broke her ego and then it, and then it started. she started going down the unconscious to fill that hole basically. And that, you know, ended up creating this situation where she was effectively talking to everybody within my, you know, my circle, my family, uh, talking mad shit about me behind my back. What I would like to say, though, it was really, really interesting. Um, and here's another example of tenacity that was actually shown. Um, that was actually shown by a third party, and I'd like to read it to you here in this uh, because I think it really demonstrates, uh, let's see here, I think I had, I think I had it here somewhere, um, let's see here, I'm going to search, I'm going to search documents, uh, here it is, okay, and I'm going to pull them up on my computer now, so I can read you. This is basically the perspective of a third party who was witnessing the tenacity involved with this particular cognitive orbit. Uh, hoping uh, hoping uh, to do it here. But this was taken from, um, these photos were taken um, from uh, that podcast that hates my guts for some reason of people who formerly worked for me, etc. And it, it, it's, it's, not, it's not the one. 
Okay. 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 All right. Um, all right. So this is a third party. Um, so let's 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 first begin with an example. Um, okay. Let's see. Uh, all right. So. So this is, a, this is a direct quote from her, um, these photos taken from this location. So, quote, I think it's been apparent his company and his mental health has tanked since he's been with Railgun. Uh, he's never had more critics and more people make videos uh, than since then. And I'm like, yeah, because any publicity is good publicity. I mean, it's so funny. The, the people that made that podcast about me saying how horrible of a person I am, I, I've made like CSJ as a company has made a lot of money off of their podcast. Uh, and because of their hatred that they spew of me, people actually watch their show first and then end up coming over to the YouTube channel, realizing I'm correct about things. And then they end up buying coaching and buying other services from us because they know I'm right. And then they just completely ignore the people that were spitting out hate. So those people spitting hate just literally actually makes me a lot of money. So, yeah, a lot of people making videos about me, it's really good. I mean, even Andy herself has made a ton of videos about me as a result of her tenacity, which has been very helpful to us. Um, so he's never had more, any more critics or more people make videos than since then. He's never screwed over more people and still acts like he's in the right because she supports his lies and delusions. <laughs> Okay, being married to a fellow uh, TI parent, there is not uh, support in lies and delusions. Trust me. <laughs> He's never been more delusional. I guess delusional is in the eyes of the beholder. She's saying I'm delusional because her expert sensing inferior is upset that I'm not giving her any attention, right? Um, and then she says, and continuing to act like the INFJs and the INTJs are the ones with the problem. He says INFJs should door slams the losers of their life. And trust me, they did. Uh, I find the entire psychological mess interesting from an analytical standpoint, but I never plan on talking to him again. Well, she said this September 9th, 2020, and the email I read to you guys earlier was in late November 2020. Okay. Um, uh, so... But I never plan on talking to him again or about him publicly ever. He will never get the time of day from me publicly ever again. Well, to as far as I know, she hasn't said anything about me publicly, but she does say a lot to me privately since then. Interesting. Uh, he can just sit back and watch me succeed and crush my goals. I really hope she succeeds. I especially hope she succeeds with that ENTP. Hopefully, he is alpha seed and not beta need, if you know what I'm saying. Uh, anyway, moving on. So then, after she made a statement like that on this final photo, uh, there's a third party that came in uh, to this uh, conversation who actually pointed out the cognitive orbit specifically. And I think it's so interesting how things like cognitive axis and cognitive orbit actually comes up directly in conversation uh, with people. And uh, it's really, really fascinating. Um, so this guy's name is uh, Xavier. Uh, and uh, he starts questioning her on uh, some of her uh, decisions, etc. Um, so, well, well, let's read this. Um, so 
she begins saying, I came into the server to rant about him. Why else would I even be in here at Xavier? Discord is not real life. Sorry to break it to you. He doesn't live in my head at all. But when I see inaccuracies, I call them out. This is also on September 9th on the same day that she said that, you know, that statement about uh, never speaking about him publicly. And then he responds, quote, I'm sorry, but if you talk about someone every day, they are living in your head rent free. Sorry to break it to you, dot, dot, dot. And then she says, I'm literally am in here to talk shit, though, and call out his BS. Nothing different than anyone else who has been smeared by him. And it's not every day. Please be accurate when making assessments. If you have issues with people who have been and are consistently publicly smeared and lied about by him, maybe you should take that up with him. Uh, I don't I don't lie about people. I have publicly smeared people before, like Vic Ruiz, who stole the ultimate messaging formula and then posted it publicly on Facebook and handed it out for free. Yeah, I publicly shamed him. I publicly smeared him. Oh, well. And in doing so, I actually made a good amount of money doing that because I uh, it created a lot of buzz and a lot of exposure, which led to more sales of the ultimate messaging formula on launch weekend. So what do you want to do? Some guy just stole my work and started handing it out. So yeah, like hashtag PR stunt leads to additional money coming in uh, to recover the money that was stolen from me. Get over it. Uh, so... Xavier goes on again, it doesn't matter why you're here or why you're talking about him. It's the fact that you are talking about him literally almost every day. That's not healthy, is what he says. And then she responds, it's not almost every day. Recently, yeah, because I get his little followers messaging me about what he's saying. Gosh, I remember, I, I, I wonder how many of you followers out there are going to be messaging her about this. That'd be, that'd be fine, you know. SE Demon is quivering in excitement. Anyway, um... And then Xavier goes on saying, you shouldn't focus your attention on people who you know are negative, is what he says. And then she responds with, dude, I'm not. I have a very fulfilling life. I, 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 I don't know if that's true. Uh, I am grateful to have nothing to do with him, is what she says. And then Xavier responds, Chase is still part of that fulfilling life, though. And then she's like, you're blocked now. Bye, guys. I've given all the screenshots I can anyhow. And then some other person said, aw, did she leave for good? Because she actually left the server and never came back. And that's literally when that podcast died. That podcast about me died. So yeah, interesting how that works. So the point is, uh, the point is, is that, um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you only be proven right. That's correct, Gemini lady. Thank you for bringing that up. Very interesting. But anyway, the point is, it's really important to know or to note that um, Xavier was pointing out the fact that she could not let go she, and how I had space in her head. And it's because of that introvert intuition, hero tenacity, and then the cognitive orbit where she was still actively going out of her way to try to eliminate choices. And then, except at this point in time, you know, the fact that I'm married by this time, uh, all of a sudden there's an additional obstacle in the way from her getting what she wants, would be, which would be my attention. And she's attacked me multiple times. She's, um, she has attempted to destroy my reputation very many times. 
And I think they're all just attempts at trying to get my attention back, trying to, trying, trying, trying so hard uh, because eventually her expert intuition uh, nemesis orbit didn't work. And so she had to actually change her strategy because after contacting my entire social network and after contacting um, uh, my friends, my family, and, uh, and trying to eliminate choices and hoping I'd come back to her, I didn't. And then all of a sudden she had to change her strategy. So then at that point, she just decided to like try to make a show or do what INJs do, light themselves on fire because they're not getting attention because they figure, hey, if I just go off in one big bang, I'll finally get some attention because that's what I desperately want. And even then she's still not getting attention. And for an extroverted sensing inferior where you have performance anxiety and you're really afraid of other people not noticing you, not being noticed by the one person that you want to be noticed by is actually really terrifying and can be a nightmare, especially for uh, an INJ who really thrives on getting attention from other people and a lot of their self-worth is tacked on based on how much attention they are able to gather up from others around them, essentially. And But again, that, that can be typical expert sensing inferior behavior uh, because they have to go out of the way to be perfect. I mean, this is a woman who refused to give me a photo of herself because I wanted a photo of herself with her not wearing any makeup on. I wanted to see like the real her, basically. And she refused to do it which is like, wow. This is why I had advised her in the last email I sent to her, like, listen, when you're in a relationship with this new ENTP, make sure you expose your flaws to him right off the bat instead of trying to house with lies because if you hide your flaws with lies, then he's going to find out about it and then he's going to throw you in the dumpster like I did. You know, If you want to have a chance with that ENTP, please go out of your way to expose your flaws to the ENTP as soon as possible because by doing so, the ENTP will more likely be with you because you have trusted him with your flaws and that's what ENTPs need. That's also something that an INFJ can barely deal with because an INFJ is pre-built to be with an ENFP and ENFPs seek out perfections and find perfections amidst the flaws in other people. So the INFJs are constantly trying to show off their perfections because their golden pair is naturally seeking that. But their pedagogue, the ENTP, is not naturally seeking that. So the INFJ has to learn how to expose their flaws to the ENTP in order to have a healthy relationship with the ENTP. It's extremely important, right? And that's usually mostly if that's like an ENTP man. ENTP women, it's a little bit different, similar, but not the same. Um, it's just more importance with like an ENTP man in that particular um, uh, case. Um, so, uh, you know, and that's, that's really important. Well, the reason why she won't stop Janet is because introverted intuition hero just cannot let go. And that's the thing. As soon as NI hero decides what it wants, it will always it will always want that person. It's really hard for them to not want that person because if they're a SE parent or SE hero, it's a lot easier for SE parent and SE hero to erase a person by destroying all of the totems and just and just forget them. But it's a lot harder because the NI knows what it desires, it knows what it wants, and getting rid of totems from an SE inferior standpoint, uh, like they can't really forget that person. They just really can't. So like I made her a bunch of poems, these rhapsodies, I framed them, I had them illustrated, etc. I even told her in this email that I sent her, hey, 
you know, destroy those poems because uh, they're probably tearing you up inside. You know, uh, if you're going to be happy, you might want to let go of those and destroy them. The problem is it's not going to solve the problem because I'm still stuck in her and I hero. And because of that, you know, it's it can be an issue. And that lack of attention, she knows that that lack of attention is not there, which is continuously writing upon her introverted sensing demon. Even if she was physically in my parent, my presence, he decided to like choke me and end my life, etc. It still wouldn't do any good. It would still, I would still effectively haunt her indefinitely, basically. And, and, and I think that's one of the reasons why, uh, you know, because this can happen to NI heroes and NI heroes who are consistently trying to door slam other people whenever they can in their life. And, you know, uh, but it's funny watching the ENPs because while ENPs can door slam with their shadows, the ENPs are often trying to build bridges with other people and say, okay, time has passed. You might have changed. You might have gotten better, right? And then as a result of that, perhaps there's actually healing. That's why, you know, the tenacity comes from, you know, the saying where there's a will, there's a way. That is NI. That is introvert intuition. Where there's a will, there's a way. And if extrovert intuition hero is building a bridge with that person, they know that, you know, the possibility exists that way. They know that they have a choice and their choice is not being taken away. That, that choice is not permanently cut off. Uh, and that actually ends up giving them a little bit of hope. It also gives them a little bit more healing because they know that the bridge is still there and they can choose to cross that bridge if they want to. Whereas if the burnt bridge is there, it's as if the person on the side of the bridge is haunting the NI hero uh, from the other side of the burnt bridge. But if there is a built bridge, there's always a chance and then the NI person has the opportunity to choose if they want to walk across that bridge or not. This is why bridge building is extremely healthy for people, but it's usually NE users who actually do the bridge building. It's very rare for an NI user to do the bridge building, which I find utterly pathetic, quite frankly. Uh, I, I find that pathetic. Now, one could argue that the last email she sent me is an example of her attempting to do bridge building, but I don't think so. It kind of comes off a little manipulative to me because she starts mentioning uh, this other ENTP that she's seeing. So she's basically trying to do a mirror on me, and it's like, hey, you know, uh, I got this other person, and this might be your last chance. So it's, it's kind of like a scarcity sales tactic almost to try to get my attention from uh, from me. When the reality situation is, it's like, okay, sure, I'll give you a little bit of attention and re re reply to you right now. I'm going to tell you everything you need to know to make that relationship successful so that, you know, whether or not you're bluffing or not, you have the tools to make it good with an ENTP later, etc. So, and that, and, that and that effectively, you know, she hasn't emailed me since, right? You know, she's emailing me on average of once a week for a while, uh, which is kind of interesting. So yeah, uh, I don't know what Sam Porter bridges. Um, I don't know what that means. So uh, Andy Chow, the answer: How do NI heroes let go? They don't. They don't. But then again, SI inferiors don't necessarily let go either. I mean, think about it honestly. Like every single woman that I've ever had a sexual relationship with, I love them, and uh, and they're. And, and I never forget them. Um, and, uh, you know, over the years, I've maintained correspondence with some of them. Uh, one of them was at risk of committing suicide, and I've been trying to get into contact with them, hoping that they didn't. But uh, 
but they, they broke their back and it was not a really good situation for them. She was an ENTJ and it was kind of sad, uh, a sad situation that she was in. Very career minded woman and uh, it just didn't go really well for her in that regard. So, so yeah. Um, oh, Death Stranding, the Hideo Kojima game. Fair enough. Um, so yeah, um, okay. So let's move on a little bit. Uh, so introvert, so I, I figured, you know, since introvert intuition is one of the more misunderstood cognitive functions, using a real life example uh, from my life would have been far more useful uh, than, uh, you know, actually trying to whiteboard it out for you, et cetera, and kind of go in a different direction with it. I think that's really important. And also, I wanted to revisit the input process output feedback because I know that when we talk about the first orbit, we started talking about objective functions versus subjective functions and how that matters. Um, and again, you know, just like with introvert intuition and, and uh, extrovert intuition, introvert intuition is an objective function. It is objective um, because uh, if you think about it, and we'll just we'll just go back on the example here. So introvert intuition, when it's in orbit with extrovert intuition, this is objective. It's because the individual knows what I want, right? They know what they want, what I want, right? But uh, this is subjective. This is subjective because, you know, while what I want can change, the person is always aware of what that is. They always are aware of what that is. So that's why it remains objective. But expert intuition is subjective because it is what they want. And that could, and it's more objective if it's focused on an individual, but that can change. It has the opportunity to change often. And there's a lot more uh, variability or variance, we'll say, with expert intuition, right? And because you are in your own head, you know what you want, so this is objective, but you are not 100% in these people's head with your extroverted intuition. So this is subjective. And if you add additional people that you're keeping track of their desires and what they want at the same time, this information gets skewed, right? It becomes skewed. And then you end the subjectivity literally is correlation is not um, causation, right? It's not causation. And that's, a, that's another problem. Correlation is not causation. And that's why it is subjective, right? Um, now, we've spent a lot of time, we spent a lot of time looking at uh, the forward, but let's look at the reverse orbit. Let's actually look at what the reverse orbit looks like. And I'll see if I can get another uh, real life example. I just really wanted to spend a lot of time, um, my ex as an example, um, just to kind of understand you know, how that goes. And again, guys, I'm not here to trash her or make her feel bad or anything. I'm just using a real life example being objective, stating things. I'm not saying this. Don't go out there and, and you know shit on her or anything. She's human, just like I am, just like everybody else is, you know. So like seriously, have mercy. She's human, you know. I legitimately wish her happiness. I I really like. She she's worked really hard in her life and she suffered a lot. I think uh, I think spent a lot more effort focusing on her own happiness that she would reach it. And I don't think it's 
really good for me to inhibit her and inhibit her pursuit of happiness, I'm not going to do it. I hope she doesn't inhibit my pursuit of happiness, but I'm not good to her or anyone else for that matter. Um, I, I don't really want to do that. I think it's I think it's important that we just learn these lessons and we forgive each other and we move on uh, and allow people to you know um, to continue their pursuit of happiness. You know, hashtag Declaration of Independence, hashtag Benjamin Franklin. But let's let's talk about let's talk about the reverse orbit, and this is this is also something very important. Uh, talking about the reverse orbit, so and it's easy to talk about the reverse orbit because the reverse orbit starts with expert intuition in the ego and introverted intuition in the unconscious. And for me, I will show you guys what that is. So we've been talking a lot about tenacity, right? So let's talk about what expert intuition really is. Um, uh, is uh, desirability, um, me being desirable uh, to to others, um, basically. Now, I'm going to tell you guys a painful story um, from when I was very young, okay? So, um, um, when I was, uh, that, that goes in, that goes directly into this. Um, so, when I was four years old, uh, something really bad happened to me, uh, basically. Um, oh my gosh, what are you guys talking about in the chat? <laughs> uh, okay. Um, uh, yeah, no, exactly. And Andy Chow, I, I agree. You know, um, if, if Andy, it does suck to, to never be able to let go or forget. It, it really does. But the thing is, it sucks for an NI user. It doesn't really suck for an SI user. It doesn't. I mean, I was even talking to my mother-in-law about it recently. And she's like, yeah, you know, my ex-husband and whatnot. Like, I mean, I'm still connected to him. And I, I just, I am, I'm always connected to him. I always will be connected to him because that's just, that's just how it works. There is no way to 100% sever that connection. And SI users understand that because their NE allows them to metaphysically see that connection. But to NI users, they don't have high enough expert intuition to be able to see that metaphysical connection. And the ones that get the closest are INJs, but again, it creates that paranoia, you know, like, wow, I'm really worried that you're not going to want me anymore. And then sometimes they assume that those people aren't going to want them anymore, and then they treat them as if they've already cheated. And then from my standpoint, it's like, well, if I'm going to do the time, I may as well do the crime, et cetera, right? You don't want to put an NP in that situation because an NP, like if you accuse an NP of cheating, they will cheat on you, I guaranteed. So don't accuse an NP of cheating on you. Bad decision. Um, but uh, looking at, uh, uh, yes, I am doing some kind of tour. Uh, it's June of next year, uh, depending on COVID, but I believe I'll be able to do it pretty well. Um, I'm, I'm looking forward to it, but uh, now, but let's again, let's talk about the reverse. Uh, let's talk about the reverse. Uh, um, let's talk about the uh, the reverse uh, orbit. Okay, so this is this is a uh, an embarrassing thing to admit from my past, but uh, anyway, when I was four years old, I contracted a disease. And that disease got into my appendix, and that uh, it caused my appendix to get huge, and then it exploded. It just absolutely, utterly exploded. I got sepsis. 
Um, I was rushed to the hospital. Uh, I had minutes to live. I was dying as a four-year-old. I had no idea what was going on. Everyone kind of kept me in the dark about it. I just know that it was really painful, and I was hanging in there trying to you know, deal with the pain and just kind of survive, basically. And uh, in that moment, uh, it, it exploded. It literally actually exploded while on the x-ray uh, machine that I was in at the time. Then they took me and they threw me into uh, emergency surgery uh, right away, uh, trying to keep me alive. Um, they had to take uh, their scalpel and they literally cut me right uh, down the center of my of my gut, basically, and all of my guts spilled out uh, and um, sepsis all over the place. And uh, they had to take a vacuum and vacuum out all of the septic, all the septic uh, grossness. They had to wash all of my uh, intestines and insides, etc. And they put everything back in, stuck a, an NG tube down my throat to, with a stomach pump to continue to, to uh, um, pump out the toxicity, etc. They kept me alive by IV, and uh, uh, they sewed me back up, uh, etc. Uh, that scar actually was pretty embarrassing for a while because immediately after that surgery, something started happening to me and my gut bacteria was never the same. So as a result, I started rapidly gaining weight uh, and I, no one really noticed that I was starting to get fat until about first grade. So about a year and a half later after that situation. And uh, when... It's it, it's a it's a problem, and uh, based on that, like, uh, not only that, I had this scar on my belly too. Like, you know, if I didn't have a shirt on and I was so fat that like it's like I had a little smiley face, you know, with with the uh, belly button being the nose and my nipples being the eyes and whatnot, right? It was horrible. Uh, but uh, now I don't really have that problem anymore because like uh, I lost a lot of fat. But uh, over time, you know, I was picked last. I was never chosen. Any hero was, like, not allowed to be that. I'd get into fights all the time at school. Very pragmatic approach. My parents, uh, my dad never taught me, you know, hey, make sure you're not the one throwing the first punch. And if you get involved, you better finish it. Uh, that's what my uncle would have taught me. But my dad taught me, run and just go get an adult. So my dad taught me beta behaviors instead of alpha behaviors, which became, you know, very rough. And as a result, uh, I just kind of went in my shadow to try to deal with all that trauma, etc., and just kind of survive as a result. And over time, uh, you know, I, I definitely was alone all the time, and I was extremely lonely. Always picked last, never picked for anything, not to be in anyone's group, not really invited to anything. Any users, any SI user that you know out there, they all want to be invited to things. So like, if you're trying to like, if you know an any user you have a crush on, literally just go ask them to do something. Tell them that they should do something with you. Invite them to something because you'll basically automatically win, um, uh, literally. Because making an SI user or an any user feel wanted, uh, and they do feel wanted through that invitation, they'll definitely go for it. So like, for example, you know, if you're like an INJ and you're trying to, you know, get with like an ENP uh, of some kind, 
uh, and you INJs are so afraid, as if you're so afraid of rejection, how about you just message them and be like, hey, you wanna go do this? Or hey, you should come do this with me or something. Just invite them to something, okay? Ultimate pickup line, it's easy. As long as you know for a fact that they're available, if you say, hey, you know, uh, if you know that they're available and ask their friends or find, find out they're available and then just go invite them to something, congratulations, you're good to go, okay? Like, it's easy. It's not that hard because if they are available and you made them feel wanted, guess what? They're probably gonna say yes. Like the majority of the time, I, I give it at least a seven out of 10 chance they're gonna say yes. So all you people out there with performance anxiety or rejection anxiety, get over yourselves, like seriously, get over yourselves. It's not hard. doesn't matter if you're a man or a woman. You know, now granted, if you're an SI user man, you can't always expect an NI user woman to like straight up ask you out or invite you to go do things so instead go up to her and just give her the choice hey do you want to go do this thing with me or be like hey i'm doing this thing tomorrow regardless if you want to come with me or not do you want to come basically that's your approach there okay do do it that way and then you'll have a better opportunity um you know uh, and the ni user woman believe, feels like she has a choice in the matter she doesn't feel disrespected or forced or have her choice taken away etc and then she is seven out of ten likely to say yes to that etc so keep these dynamics in play you know when it comes to relationships etc so um the point is is that uh the point is is that um you know, over time, I knew that how undesirable I was. I it got to the point where, in my when I was 14 years old, my breasts were just as large as my mother. Basically, I had breasts; they were huge. Um, I also had like this this hair growing out of my arm that was like a foot long, basically, and that. That was that was ridiculous. It was like a literal foot-long hair growing out of my arm, you know, like crazy stuff were happening in me in those days. Of course, I was living in a trailer full of black mold and extremely cold growing up, but then that made it easy to be homeless because I was used to that kind of cold anyway, so it didn't really bother me that much to be homeless when I was. But the point is, is that, you know, I had to deal with that, and I knew at all times how undesirable I was, and that led to loneliness and other feelings. But... Um, being undesirable with NE in your ego versus you know NI in your conscious, what this ends up doing through cognitive orbit is creating an emotion known as despair. Despair. And NI nemesis, while we have NE nemesis paranoia, NI nemesis produces despair. NI nemesis is all about despair, right? So I was constantly despairing. This is why I tell people like, yeah. Oh, you think you were depressed? Well, I've been perpetually depressed my whole life, so shut the hell up. At least you don't see me giving up, you know? Oh, you wanna be you wanna give up and commit suicide? Okay, sure, go ahead. But like for me it's like I'm not going to give up. I'm gonna keep going and because tomorrow will be a better day and as long as I work hard, you know. It's so funny when I see like, you know, people are like, Oh, you know, I'm gonna give up, I'm gonna blow my brains out and I'm talking to them, having this conversation with them, and I'm like, Wow, so you're literally like the hair from the tortoise and the hare. You you have all the talent in the world. And you want to run the race, but then you get you stop in the middle of the race, and then you want to blow your brains out. And then the turtle, the hard worker, me, is actually going to win the race because you're too good to actually work hard. Really, really. 
you're just resting on your laurels of your talent and resting on your laurels of your status? Really? Come on. Whereas I don't get to rest on my laurels. I don't have status, nor do I care about status. I have hard work. And hard work always wins, folks. It always wins. And this is an example of that. I've had perpetual depression throughout my entire life due to anti-nemesis despair because I knew how undesirable I was, basically. But what's interesting about undesirability is that you can turn it into desirability if you add in something else here. Oh, look, introverted sensing. Introverted sensing self-discipline, which is on an axis with an E. And by me having discipline, a.k.a. hard work, increases my personal strength and then as a result of me working hard it makes me more desirable oh yeah you see that's cognitive axis but you can see how orbit can be a really bad thing orbit can also be a very good thing because it can activate your axis and help you learn how to use your other functions for you to be able to grow and handle those issues okay this is a big deal so uh, it's, a, it's a really, really uh, big deal. Um, I, 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 tried, I tried Marky Mark. I got so poor one time. I, I obviously, as a 14-year-old, uh, you know, just went to the local dairy farm and see if they could get any, you know, uh, human milk or colostrum out there so I could, uh, you know, make a big money. Because I figured, you know, hey, if the colostrum is going to be coming out of my, you know, giant 14-year-old uh, breast at the time, I'm sure that would be worth a lot of money on eBay because I would be the first person of my kind to have ever uh, accomplished such a feat of strength in life. No. Why are you asking that? Like, you're trying to be funny? It's kind of not working. Uh, anyway, so, uh, so being wanted or not being wanted can actually create despair, but it can also do the opposite effect. It can also create hope. So when you're wanted as an NE user from a cognitive orbit standpoint, right? Uh, if you actually have NI out here, right? If you have NI out here fueling, and it's fueling extroverted intuition, then this gets fueled, and, it's, and it gets rid of the despair. The despair is negated, and then it has a lot of hope, right? Then you have a lot of hope. But if this NI is gone, this energy goes away, and then despair is back, basically. This is literally how cognitive orbit works. And this is cognitive orbit more specifically for ENPs. This is literally how it works for ENPs. Technically, it's how it works for anyway, anyone. But, uh, but, it's more, but it's more important, you know, we're looking at it from the hero to nemesis relationship, basically, from cognitive orbit. So you can kind of see how external information or external cognition on other people around you is super important. If you're an any user, who is constantly despairing and perpetually depressed, guess what? You need to either work hard to make yourself more desirable so you can bring in other people who actually want you so you can have hope again, have a better tomorrow. Oh, apparently that's how that works. Oh, you see what I'm saying, folks? Like that's, that's like literally how it works, you know? So, uh, yeah, so like, as an NE user, you see, so think about it, you know, tenacity, and then that, that leads to paranoia, but they're not paranoid anymore, they're, they're secure, they get that security, 
that NE security, right? Because they know that they're gonna, they don't have to worry about being undesirable. They feel desired all the times because they know that they are getting your attention. It's the same thing. That's how Orbit works from an NI standpoint. So let's just review here. You know, so we have NI, then we have NE, right? And then you have SE, right? You know, and then NI, and then they have this NESI user out here. And then this NI is attached to this NE, and then they have their, their thing here. And the NI is wanting the NE user, so the NE user gives attention, and attention gets to the SE, which then sends the energy up to the NI, which then sends energy down to the NE, and then the NE feels desired down here because they're getting attention. So attention leads to feeling desired, so that way their paranoia is obliterated basically so there's no there's no paranoia and this is why human beings need to have relationships this is why human beings basically are are not uh, to be alone essentially because no one human being can make it now the strongest of us are the people who have the self-discipline and are desirable but don't surround themselves with people per se, and they can still move forward regardless of the amount of despair that they carry with them. Or the people that can still move forward regardless of the paranoia that they can carry with them, etc. Right? So yes, this this directly translates into other uh, into other people. Like take an SE hero, and uh, an SE hero is not going to give their attention, their SI nemesis attention to somebody else unless they already have someone else's attention first. Uh, that SE hero is not going to want or provide desire towards somebody else unless that person's giving them attention first, basically. So cognitive orbit becomes a priority system on how to meet certain people's needs, mental needs, basically. And this also helps you determine how compatible other people are with other people. Because, like, if you have an any hero versus an SE hero, let's say they're in a relationship, the SE hero is expecting the any hero to provide uh, um, to provide um, attention up front, right? Whereas the any hero is expecting the SE hero to provide desire up front. This is why super ego relationships fail, okay? Whereas golden pair relationships or pedagogue relationships, the uh, what they expect the other person to provide up front is being provided up front. And that way it, it, it makes it so that the relationship isn't so much transactional, it's more natural, right? And this is how cognitive orbit literally impacts sexual relationships and how important it is, right? Super, super important. Um, uh, so again, so Andy Chow, to answer your question, uh, you can turn despairing to hope, but to do something with that hope before it turns into despair, hope and despair are two sides of the same coin. Yes, they are, but again, one human being can't do it all on their own. One human being can't do it all on their own, and then as a result of that, they get to a point where it's like, okay, hey, like, uh, you know, are they getting that their mental needs met by, their psychological needs met by another human being or any other human beings around them? And again, this is why this is this is exactly why um, uh, golden pair pedagogue relationships, at least the sexuality, uh, silver pair is super important. And you can still pull it off with bronze pair. 
It's just really hard to pull it off at the superego level, extremely hard, where heroes are trying to get their needs met from inferior functions. It's extremely difficult. It can happen, but it requires a lot of work. Um, but it's really, really hard to pull it off. And this is why, you know, this is why I tell people I recommend reading books like Sapiens or Sex at Dawn uh, consistently to try to understand, you know, how sexual relationships psychologically end up manifesting over time from a nurtural standpoint. And then you can apply cognitive orbit to those books, uh, to Christopher Ryan's work, etc. So you can kind of get a better understanding of kind of how uh, one human being can't really make it all the way, you know, and and also helps you to find exactly what a life partner should actually look like for you if there is a such thing as a life partner um, for you or anyone in that matter. Uh, so yeah, um, but uh, anyway, and yes, uh, Marmalaxis made a really good point. No man is an island, etc. cetera. Uh, so yeah, no man is an island, which is a, a, pretty, uh, a pretty good point uh, to be made there. So yeah, um, okay, so I think I have um, looked at perception functions pretty well here in terms of uh, the cognitive orbits. I am just verifying I didn't miss anything else. Uh, yeah. I didn't, uh, I didn't use the uh, positive and negative charge, basically, but, uh, you know, in doing AC-DC approach, you know, AC is, uh, is uh, axis, whereas DC is orbit. We, I explained that more in uh, the first orbit lecture, because I try to keep these lectures a little bit different from each other, et cetera, to kind of go from there. All right, so anywho, uh, let's do a quick Q&A uh, that's specific to the second orbit, introvert intuition and extrovert intuition. Uh, right now. Let's have that uh, going here. Um, <coughs> you're most welcome, Cynthia Payne. Uh, awesome. Having trouble finding premium seasons. All right, so uh, Lemon Lime, uh, premium seasons. All you have to do is go to csjoseph.life forward slash portal, and then you go to uh, Journeyman, click the Access Now button on Journeyman, and then just sign in with your username and password. And then up there, uh, you when as soon as you're logged in, go to the very top and you see a bunch of tabs on top and then just uh, highlight those tabs with your cursor or if you're on your phone, just click them, tap them once and a list will appear. And then you can see uh, the premium lectures and seasons, also the cutting edge episodes there uh, and you'll find what you're looking for. Uh, okay. Um, uh, okay. Um, Good question. How do you and Railgun do it? N-E-S-E. -E. I'm an ENFP with an ESTP. Uh, it's basically an insane amount. It's an insane amount of communication uh, for Railgun and I. We actually have like these little meetings where we talk about our relationship. Um, and interestingly enough, I treat my wedding anniversary as a performance review day. Uh, not necessarily a vacation day for celebration. It's more of a performance review, uh, which is really interesting. But the thing is, is that by having that super, super high level of communication, we are able to, you know, meet each other's needs. That's not to say that it's not very difficult, but it is, it is an extremely difficult relationship. Absolutely it is. But it can also be extremely rewarding as well at the same time. 
So uh, I talked a little bit more about this in season 12, which is the social compatibility lecture series, which I highly recommend everyone checks out for their specific types and, they, and the types that they would be compatible with and not compatible with, just to kind of get an idea of how it goes. Um, okay. Yeah, uh, yeah, Kaz, I, I, I totally know what you mean. Like, if, if a man is alpha enough, uh, then he can actually, in some cases, cheat, and then his woman would still uh, stay with him. And that's not to say that she would be a weak woman, et cetera. It's not really that. But then again, like biologically, men are made to be with multiple women, just like women are biologically made to put their children above their men anyways. If you think about it logically, you know, monogamy is not actually based on biology. As much as people claim it is because they try to compare the human race to chimpanzees, which are very monogamous, but then you should actually be comparing human beings to bonobos instead, who are actually very poly. So again, this is heavily explored in Sex at Dawn and Sapiens. I recommend checking that out uh, just to kind of get a different idea about it. And if you guys have questions about that, you can message me privately on Facebook Messenger and I can talk a little bit more about that if I have time. And sometimes I don't have time. Uh, a lot of people, I've had, I've had people who are like very Christian telling me that monogamy is actually very biblical. It, it's not. It's actually not biblical. And I have no problem debating that with any uh, Christianese person uh, who disagrees with me on that. Um, I, my, my usual citation for that is Matthew chapter 5, verse 31 through 37 as uh, one of the main core bases of my argument that monogamy is not actually biblical, but a lot of people can't handle that. So um, let's continue. Uh, so Andy Chow is asking, can you use NI and NE on a spectrum with varying strength, like taking what you want using external desires, NE to verify, confirm your internal desires? Yes, you can. You can do that, but usually it's healthier to use your cognitive access to determine that. So, uh, so like for example, let's talk about um, you know expert intuition demon to introvert intuition inferior. Like my wife, for example, uh, NI inferiors are very weak to scarcity marketing or scarcity sales, and if they see other people buying something with their SE hero, then they want to buy it too. But then their NE uh, demon comes into place and they see all these people making choices and they haven't made a choice of their NI inferior and that NE demon will pressure the NI inferior to actually make the choice. Or the NI inferior will become selfish with its choice and take the choice away, take the choice for themselves, which will prevent everyone else from having that choice, which is any demon. That's a cognitive orbit right there. So the answer to your question, Andy Chow, is yes. Uh, uh, Isabella asks, how can an INFP develop self-discipline? Uh, force yourself to do things that you've never done before and things that you don't want to do on a consistent basis. Like move to a country where you don't expect, you don't, um, you don't speak the language, et cetera, and uh, just survive and see if you can do it. That would be a great example of forcing uh, self-discipline development. Uh, Marky Mark asks, how does an INTJ stand-up comic deal with hecklers without getting overwhelmed or abusive towards the heckler. Uh, Marky Mark, uh, you need to read the book The Tao of Jeet Kune Do, which will teach you how to use your expert intuition nemesis cognitive orbit in a way to redirect the heckles into creating new jokes on the fly and then throwing it back at the audience. Uh, that would be probably the best strategy I'd recommend. Um, okay. Uh, okay. Um, 
Oh, Elliot Woodhead, LOL, I was that Xavier guy on a fake account after my first account got banned. P.S. Sorry, I'm not supposed to be here. <laughs> All good, Elliot, bro. I, I, I got to fist bump you on that one, man, because when uh, I got the copy of that conversation, I was laughing so hard. It made my day, man. It made, it literally made my day. And it's literally, it was literally physical concrete evidence as to what I've been telling people for all this time that NI heroes can't let go and they're not supposed to let go either. Uh, so that's why they go out of the way to allow themselves not to become attached to somebody because NI hero gets so attached, so attached. So that's probably gonna be like a meme one day, but yeah. Oh my gosh, I'm sure the editor is going to like have fun with that. Uh, all right. Um, let's see. Uh, okay. Um, the premium page keeps taking me back to the payment page. Okay, Lemon Lime, can you send me a message on Facebook Messenger? And I'll see if I can uh, get that fixed for you. Um, I just need to know, like, can you take a photo? Like, you can go to snag, S-N-A-G dot G-Y, also known as Snaggy, and hit Alt Print Screen with the error, and then hit Control V on that page. It will paste a, a uh, screenshot. And then just send me that screenshot link through Facebook Messenger so I know what exactly you're doing. And then we could probably get that fixed for you right away. Um, yeah, living in a foreign country, definitely have to face... Um, uh, okay, the Tao of Jeet Kune Do. Let me actually like spell that for you so that you don't get screwed. Uh, yeah. Tao of, yeah. Uh, another, another one you can look at, Marky Mark, is um, uh, The Warrior Within by John Little. I think that may also provide additional explanation. Um, what are the different uh, hero functions expecting up front? So SE is expecting attention, SI is expecting comfort, TE is expecting intelligence, FE is expecting morals and moral behavior, uh, TI is expecting another person to listen to them and to like kind of just stop and listen regardless of they're wrong or correct whatsoever. Um, and uh, NE is expecting uh, desire and uh, FI is expecting, um, it's kind of like, FI is hard for me to define. It's kind of, it's kind of like TI because TI wants to be listened to, but FI wants to kind of have more of a voice. It's like, hey, I, as long as I could just share my principle with you, you don't have to agree with it. I just want to have the opportunity to share with it. Whereas TI is more like, you're going to listen to me and after I prove you wrong, you're going to do it. You're going to take action. TI kind of expects action along with because you don't listen to me is really someone saying you heard what I said, but you're not doing what I said. That's what a TI user would say. Whereas an FI user just wants to be heard, not listened to. So I hope that makes sense. Um, yeah, validated. Sure. But more of a heard, I think. Because I could still say validated through FE uh, access on TI, I could still I could still argue that too. So, um, um, NI is expecting freedom of choice, absolute freedom, freedom of choice, free, free, free. Okay. Uh, okay. 
Sarah, if you could uh, give me a screenshot as to what your issue is too, or open a ticket, that would be great. That's not supposed to be doing that. Um, and like I said, guys, if you have any problems with logging into the members portal, like seriously, open a ticket. We need to get it fixed uh, right away because we don't want other users to get screwed. All your guys' tickets, like we look at them every day, except we don't usually do unless they're like super high priority or critical or someone's getting screwed, then we'll do it. Uh, but like come Monday morning, we just, we blaze through and we, we have them usually answered within 24 hours, sometimes same day, depending on ticket load. So cognitive functions cheat sheet is coming. It is, I'll have everything you need to know. It's uh, it's gonna be similar to the type grid. The idea of this cheat sheet is to help people actually identify specific cognitive functions uh, with what people are doing and with what people are saying. So you can actually identify cognitive functions. It'll make it easier to identify specific functions when you're typing somebody so that you can identify axes and orbits super, super quick. Uh, that is coming. I am actually making it right now. I, I actually spent two hours on it today. So it's pretty awesome. Uh, so yeah. Uh, okay. Now, you, you, I don't need a bridge. I don't need to build a bridge. It's my choice to build a bridge if I want to put up the effort or not. I don't have to. It's not like my duty per se. But uh, sometimes I do it just to see what's up. And besides, sometimes I rebuild a bridge, re-engage with the person. Oh, they haven't changed. I burn it down again. And then I haunt them from a distance. So either way. Uh, so yeah. Um, how do I deal with codependent NI child family member who I door slammed and who won't let me go, who won't let go and who is constantly trying to control me? Uh, you flee from that person immediately. Uh, what's a dumb question? So can you explain what is different between NE, MV, and SE jealousy? Uh, SE likes to have ownership. It's more of like a stake your claim type of thing because they want to stake that claim and that earth, that introverted sensing earth. Whereas NE is all about what, what is possible. So jealousy is more like, you know, uh, wanting, uh, wanting to keep and hold what I already have. That's SE. Whereas uh, NE is wanting to have or keep what I don't have, right? So that's the difference. Um, okay. That should do it. Okay. Um, how to parent INFPs? You should read, understand. Eh, not sure. Um, okay. Uh, uh, and uh, yeah, well, Mark, Mark, move out and get away from the person. Um, and INJs engage in similar behaviors. I don't. Uh, do SPs and INFJs and INJs engage in similar behaviors? They do, but it's just different priorities, Gemini lady. It's just different priorities. Um, what would be the best and worst aspects of NIO-NE parent relationship? Uh, it's pretty good. That's a silver That's a silver parasexual relationship. It's excellent. It's amazing. I've had silver parasexual relationships. I, I love them all. I, I love golden pair and silver pair sexual relationships. They are excellent. Um, I have not had a bronze pair sexual relationship before, so I couldn't really comment on that, really. Uh, so, uh, so no idea, um, but it's excellent. Okay. Uh, how do you expose your flaws? 
without coming off as self-deprecating. Uh, you do this by being okay with failing and not taking yourself too seriously, basically. Uh, be okay with failing uh, in front of your partner and, uh, and, uh, and if they are trying to help you not fail later, listen to them. Actually take the time to listen and, and hear them out, you know. Um, uh, okay. Remember, there's nothing worse that can happen than not existing at all, which is probably also interesting, so keep moving when you have to. Oh, absolutely, Mr. Kaz, absolutely. Although you remind me of a name that I saw on a certain Slack server earlier today, and I wonder if you're the same person. Interesting. Uh, and if it is, dope. Uh, all right, Dugo, is it possible for an INJ to door slam but not door slam hard enough? Were their ISJ super ego? Yes, 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 absolutely not door slam hard enough. And I think that's what Andy, my ex-girlfriend, has been d dealing with. She hasn't been able to door slam hard enough. And that's why I suggested she burn uh, the poems and the rhapsodies I wrote for her. She could actually uh, door slam me easier. But even then, because if NI Hero still wants what it wants, you know, just like Selena Gomez says, the heart wants what it wants, you know what I'm saying? That doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be a recipe for success in that. So who knows? Uh, okay. And, uh, bronze pair. No, that's not bronze pair, Amy. Bronze pair is, uh, INFJ, ESTJ. That's bronze pair. Um, and INFP, INFJ is silver. Yes, just like INTP, INFJ is silver. Yeah, that's silver. Uh, off topic. No, I don't do off topic. Uh-uh. <laughs> How do you make ENTPs happy in a relationship? or friendship what do they need especially depression and violent prone entps uh they're probably an estp and not actually an entp if you're describing them that way lemon lime but honestly um but to answer your question truly make them feel wanted as possible make them feel comfortable listen to them even if you believe they're wrong listen to them anyway and uh show grateful for the nice things that they actually do for you and be grateful for them and don't forget the nice things that they do for you actually spend time to write them down and remind yourself that they actually did nice things for you so that you can be reminded of what you could be thankful for intjs really struggle with remembering what to be thankful for so and uh so what is the best way for an inj to deal with this issue after not door slamming hard enough uh, I'm embarrassed about it, but I'm dealing with this personally. Uh, go up to the person and find out if they've changed or just flee from the person for a while. The only other suggestion you have is replace the person and overwrite that person within your memory, basically. Overwrite them with new shared experiences so that your introverted sensing demon isn't permanently etched by them. You just have to overwrite them, basically. Uh, uh, kindness. Kill them with kindness. Okay, cool. Uh, uh, okay. Ah, nice, nice, Kaz, nice. Nice indeed. Ah, good. Uh, none of your business. So if NI hero can't get what it wants, it retreats into the shadow. Yes. How do you differentiate between ego and the shadow if you're stuck in said shadow? You just look at your behavior. Are you being super paranoid and worried about not being chosen? Or are you more concerned about, you know, the lack of attention? What's the issue? Like, identify what the actual problem is. Uh, how can an INTJ stand-up comic deal with unconscious desire to be liked by the audience? Behave like all the other INTJs and treat your audience like shit. 
I'm not kidding. Um, and uh, yeah, and seriously, Marky Mark, read the book Atomic Attraction. That would do you wonders. And before you read Atomic Attraction, read The Rational Male, The Rational Male, Preventative Medicine, The Rational Male, Positive Masculinity, followed by Atomic Attraction, Sex at Dawn, followed by Sapiens, in that exact order. And then that will create a principled philosophy within your mind, especially after reading Atomic Attraction, which will be the most valuable to you, but you won't understand the concepts until you read the first Rational Male books because they actually present the concepts. The first three Rational Male books provide you the why, but Atomic Attraction provides you with the how. Oh, thank you. Thank you very much. Ouch. I should not use that arm for that. <laughs> I have a shoulder injury. I've been lifting a lot. Huh? Yeah, that'd be great. Thank you. Ah, thank you. Uh, uh, ENTPs get really stressed out easily when I'm wordy with appreciation, or they mistype. They are very mistyped, and I would, uh, I, I would, I, I'd feel very flattered, Lemon Lime, if you would uh, shower me with appreciation, and I'd very, I, that would make me happy as an ENTP. So please don't do that. I, I think they're mistyped. I, I really think, I think uh, your ability to type other people might not be the best, but let me help you solve that problem right now. So Lemon Lime, uh, knowing what your type is as an extroverted sensor, I'm gonna give you the number one strategy right now on how to accurately type people you know around you. Okay, so what I need you to do, step one, is create a big type grid that you can like put on like, like a wall. Like put on a wall and like make a make a square. Let's say it's like a maybe I don't know a, a five by five square for each section on the type grid. And then I want you to go to uh, like my website csjoseph.life/famous and look at all of the famous people that have been typed and get their faces and cut out their faces, little pictures, and cut out their faces and put their faces in like a collage in each of the different squares on this type grid, basically on your wall. And then use your extroverted sensing and look at the patterns of their jawline, their facial structure, how they do their hair, how they smile, all of that. And you'll start to see all of their, uh, from an extroverted sensing standpoint, all of the physical features that are shared with their type. And then when you look at, and then, and then also get people from your life on social media, LinkedIn, Facebook, whatever, and seriously put that information, put their photos on that type grid as well and walk by it every day and just look at it. And then over time, people in your life will be like, hey, that guy is a Jeff, so he has to be an ENTP. Or that guy is a Mike, so he has to be an INFP. You see what I'm saying? That is how an actor can master typing with the type grid quickly and a lot faster than necessarily relying on the dichotomies like temperaments and interaction styles and cognitive axis and cognitive orbit and Templar or, uh, or in Quadra, etc. Uh, or, or the test that, that I provide, it'll allow you to naturally do that because you'll be able to mine all those physical features out ahead of time. So, so yeah, okay. Um, let's see. Uh, you're talking about how NI people get really attached. What's that for any users? Uh, any users get very loyal. Um, it's like uh, Stockholm Syndrome. Uh, how can I differentiate between SE inferior and eminemis? Well, are you afraid or are you worried? Fear would be SE inferior. Worry would be, and concern would be any nemesis. Uh, can you please type that in so I can write it down? Sorry. Um, the book list? Uh, 
Oh yeah, The Rational Male, Volume 1, 2, and 3, Atomic Attraction by Christopher Canwell, uh, Sex at Dawn by Christopher Ryan, and Sapiens. Literally those books. Uh, okay. I'm a Journeyman member, but I can't find the eight rules for loving lectures. Where are they? Ooh, Marvel Axis, they are not available. We are releasing them Q1 of next year. Thank you for being patient. Um, they will be there. Um, make your build room, uh, make your bedroom really ugly, basically. Okay. Uh, yeah. Yeah, subtle operation. Yeah, Kaz is right. Uh, now I'm not asking to like be like. The thing is though is that the way Lemon Lime is is that she can, she, she has TI critic, which means she's going to show appreciation and FI child appreciation if it's deserved. If it's not deserved, she's not going to do it. And if she's going to be overly showing appreciation, it's because it's overly deserved, I think. And INTJ, because of how systematic they are, they know the difference to do that. So I have every confidence in her ability to actually that appreciation and that gratitude on point. Um, okay. Uh, okay. Um, does any critic have the same problem of trying to make the object of their desire undesirable to other people as any nemesis? The answer is yes. It's just any nemesis does it far more. And uh, But yes, the answer is yes. Uh, ENJs can do that. Um, okay, Amir, I was literally reading that, but okay. Um, uh, thought that it was always bad to assume and judge. It is bad to assume and judge, but use the visual aids. Your accuracy will go up lemon line. Um, and uh, what is SE inferior virtuose uh, response function should they move to when attention deprived? Go replace the source of attention with a different one, Amy. Seriously. Seriously. Okay? Like... This is a situation where it's okay to be hypergamous, okay? Like, you know, women are hypergamous. They want their alpha seed or they want their beta need. And if, you, if you're targeting one of those two, if you need your most security, you know, go for beta need. If you want to have, you know, good DNA, uh, go for alpha seed, basically. But go get another one. Like, seriously, just go get another one. If the one that you're targeting is not working out for you, go get another one and see if you can overwrite uh, the previous one that you were targeting. That's that's all I can really say. And I, I'd give the same advice to Andy, my ex. I'd literally tell her, like, look, you're, you're going with that ENTP. You want to be a life partner with them? Great. Get in a relationship with them. Overwrite me. Overwrite me from your mind so you can actually have happiness. You know, that's basically one of the, that's like the last resort that an INJ can do at that moment if they can't let go. Um, so, um it's all right, Lemon Lime. It's all good. If I could magically appear next to you right now and give you a hug, I would. Like, seriously, like, um, you're a, a very fantastic person uh, when uh, when I'm... And while I'm sure you probably felt like I was judging you, I wasn't. Uh, not at all. Uh, I actually think very highly of you. All right. Uh, demand that people do, but don't be defensive if they say why they aren't. Um... Yeah, maybe. I don't know the context of what you're saying, though, Kaz. Uh, okay, could you put up a list of upcoming events, releases, etc. on the website? Yeah, it's on. It's like csjoseph.life forward slash calendar, I think. It's somewhere there. Um, uh, 
but yeah, we often don't uh, we often don't post what I'm releasing uh, because we don't want to pigeonhole myself. Right now, I'm in the middle of developing software, and I'm in the middle of finishing up algorithms and various abacai or abacuses because both are plural apparently. And uh, to make sure that I and gathering all the vectors for all those things, etc. I'm busy working on that right now, and I'm also working on um, getting my health. I mean, I just sustained a shoulder injury, so I can't lift for like a week or two. I can still do legs, so I'm doing lower body, but my upper body I can't work on anymore, which kind of really, really sucks right now uh, due to the shoulder injury. But I've been handling it, and uh, so yeah, losing body fat and training my children and training people for my business and creating content and running agile project management, it's just been pure insanity. So uh, I try not to like force myself in there. Um, so... And uh, so, um, okay, uh, email anthrax. Okay, well, I think uh, I think well, I think most ENTPs with TI parent would think that we're being manipulated if the praise we're getting is not well deserved. It's not praise; it's appreciation. Praise can be offered to somebody even if they don't deserve it. Appreciation is something that's given in gratitude because we did something first ahead of time okay that's what gratitude is it's just a little bit different um so anyway folks i am heading out thank you all for watching i'm gonna have um i'm gonna have my uh video guy actually edit this stream to make it a lot smaller than it is because it's literally two hours and that's just insanity um so yeah but uh thank you all for watching and thank you for being here uh much appreciated folks and uh I'll see you guys uh, tomorrow. Oh, a um, couple CSJ responses will be dropping this week. One of them is very sexually charged. Talks about NTP sexuality. You might want to tune in for that one. So, all right. Sounds good, folks. I'll see you all later. Have a good night.